Uh, before I get into the message, just, uh, just a quick little announcement, because uh, we didn't want to give Colin six things. Otherwise, he definitely would have listened, wouldn't have listened, right? None of us really listen to announcements. We do have some people telling us the church can't. Isn't there other ways you can tell us? We're like, well, we also post everything on Instagram. So they say, well, that doesn't work for me either. So if you don't listen to church, post on Instagram, then I don't know how else we get the announcements to you. Are you one of those people that when you get a notification on your phone, you just swipe it up? Like, go away. Anyone? Okay. Anyway, we, we really do hope that uh, some of the stuff we share here, um, you know, gets to you in a creative way of sorts. But one other thing that we just wanted to say, uh, from next year, we've just got a, one or two exciting little changes just uh, in, in the church. So uh, Ed has been kind of overseeing youth and young adults. He took over uh, kind of young adults when cursed his wife stepped out. And then he also was overseeing the internship, which has been running this past year. And uh, going forward next year, Ed's going to focus more on youth ministry specifically, and obviously he's also part of True Life. But uh, with the young adults, we felt like we really wanted to invest in that space uh, a little more and kind of give the responsibility to a a young couple in this church. So from next year, Rory and Maddie are going to be heading up uh, young adults, which is quite exciting. Rory, uh, you know, is our maintenance guy. He does a bunch of things. He's also on the back desk today. And then his uh, fiance, Maddie, uh, who often leads worship here with the blonde hair. They're going to be kind of dreaming in the space of young adults. So that's super exciting for us. And then another thing that Rory is going to take on next year is he is going to be taking over the internship program. He loves investing into young people, connecting with them. He already spends a lot of time with the young people. So that's an exciting thing for him as well. And he's been our maintenance manager. But like many of the people that come in through the staff here at church, we do jobs we don't like. We just put up our hand and say, we'll do anything just to, to kind of give towards God and give, uh, you know, get involved in the church. And that's how we've often worked our staff. I think it's a good way just to test people's hearts. And sometimes there isn't space for people. We would love to employ everybody, you know, to do to the work of God. But Rory's been faithful for many, many years, uh, just fixing things, cleaning things, just been awesome. And we've already seen that he has a heart for people and a heart for ministry. So that's quite exciting. Anyway, so we just thought we'd let you know about that. Right. Are you all still here? If you missed last week, I really, really want to encourage you to catch last week's message. Um, had some amazing feedback this past week of how it connected with people. And if you're not sure what we're talking about here and whistling, Colin, we're talking about whistling. Um, really, uh, you, you can get onto YouTube or Facebook. The messages are there. But we've been doing a series called A Better Way. And last week we looked at... Your best days are now, being in the moment, being present. And we've been praying a prayer every day. God, help me be more present in our life, uh, you know, in our life daily to, 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 do you remember the prayer? Some of you? No? (laughs) You haven't been praying it, have you? It's just being more aware of God's presence and loving people more deeply. That's really what life is all about. Uh, So we hope that it's connecting and helping with some of the feedback we have received uh, Uh, We believe it is. But we are wrapping up the series today. But before we kind of uh, get deep into the message, I want to ask you a question. And be honest, because it's church. How many of you believe in the power of prayer, but don't pray as often as you should? Okay. Those that kept their hands down. Oh, that's awesome. But um, I don't know how honest you're being today. Okay, a different question. You believe in prayer, but you just feel like your prayers don't really work. Anyone want to be honest? 
With this series, A Better Way, we are looking at the way that Jesus lived. So there's a famous scripture that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we often uh, speak about the truth of Jesus, and we, and we preach the truth, and we speak about the life that he can bring us, but we really look at the way that he lived. And one of the things that you will know about Jesus, um, and when you study the way that he lived, one is that he had an unrushed life. That was week two. But he constantly prayed. He was constantly talking to his father, no matter what happened in his life. And he had a crazy, crazy 33 years. The demands on him, the Roman government trying to kind of put him in jail and kill him. But he constantly sought out his father in prayer. He prioritized the presence of God. And out of that, spending time with God, he was able to be obedient to what God had called him to do, although it was a really, really tough mission. And I suppose if we want what Jesus had, the way that he lived, we should look at how Jesus prayed. But so many of us, we don't. We, we just don't spend time praying. And I want to look at today is, well, why don't we? Are there some myths about prayer? Or, or there, is there some guilt around it? Or is there some things that we don't understand? Why do we struggle to pray consistently and effectively? Three quick reasons why I think so. The first is, I think we just, some of us just lack focus. Last week, we spoke about living in the moment. And Jin even confessed to me after the service. You know that moment we had at the end of the service where we just took time and I said, forget about lunch, forget about the distractions outside of the kids. Her mind started going straight away because we had our cousins around for lunch. She was like, okay, I've got to get that ready. <laughs> and like, it's, it's crazy how we are so distracted. And um, yeah, I don't know, maybe if ADD was around you know, when I was younger, it, I might, may have been diagnosed. I love what Aaron McRae says. He said, uh, <laughs> he said, I've heard those words, ADD, just not in that order. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, and he was like, well, sorry, what was that? But we often just are so distracted. And I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to focus on something, particularly just pray, you know, your eye opens and you just have a look around and the next thing you're like, oh, you know, your phone notification and we're just so distracted and our mind wanders off and look, am I allowed to say this out loud as a pastor? Sometimes I think we just get bored. I heard one little, yep. We just feel like it's boring, like it's just a long time just, just to sit and pray. And I remember often feeling bad when I was younger, like I'd fall asleep, I'd wake up in the morning and ask God of forgiveness, you know, hopefully my parents are still alive, you know, when you're like a kid, you know, praying at school, you know, but, and, and I would have this like order and how to pray and it almost became like this religious duty and sometimes I would just fall asleep halfway through and then feel bad. Anyone? We just lack focus. I think another common reason is that we, we just lack confidence when it comes to praying. Especially when you hear those professional prayers, you know, the professional ones, the ones at home group and the ones at church, the ones that stand up here and they can just pray, you know, they're like sponsored, you know, prayers, you know, it's like, these guys are crazy. They're like these prayer warriors. They quote scriptures like in length when they pray, like even with the verses and you're like, never heard that one before. They even use the names of God. Like, have you heard the word Jehovah Nissi? Have you heard that before? And you're like, Nissi, is that a, is a new car? They're asking for a new car, like Nissan? I don't know. We, you know what I mean? You know those professional prayers? And we got some lights going on here just to create a party vibe. That's cool. Nothing like a distraction for us. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Woo. That should have been on cue for the lack focus one. Missed it. But we, we lack confidence, you know. And, and 
when you ask to pray, you know, you're like, oh, no, just skip. You know, <laughs> you know when they used to go around the room, you know, and everyone prays, and, it, and you are so terrified, you know, it just gets to you, and sometimes you just keep quiet and just do a little point, you know, and, and it carries on. Or you get asked to say grace to someone, you're like, I don't know what to pray. Maybe you pray things like, God bless the meat, let's eat. I don't know, and that's all you pray, <laughs> you know. I've I got a friend uh, who I was at school with, and, and he's not like into this whole thing, and he was asked to pray um, grace. And the guys almost like threw him under the bus on purpose because they did. He knew he would. They knew he wouldn't know what to say. And I promise you, a true story. He starts like this: um, "Dear sweet baby Jesus." We just, <laughs> and everyone just packed up laughing. You know, he's like, "I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't really know how." So I think some of us lack focus, and then I think some of us just lack confidence. We don't know how to do it well, so we rather just then don't do it. And the third kind of reason I think is sometimes we just lack faith. We're like, yeah, you know, this whole prayer thing, you know, I'm not sure if it really, really works. You know, does God really hear our prayers, you know? You know, does he really care about our, what's on our heart? Or maybe you've felt like, yeah, I've seen it work for other people, but not really for me. I, I, I don't know. Like I tried it once, you know, and it didn't work. I prayed for my parents' marriage and their marriage fell apart and, and I just don't think it works. I prayed for healing for, for myself or for my family member and I didn't see it, so I just don't know if it works. I prayed to God to take away this addiction that I have, and I'm not sure if it works. So you have this conclusion, prayer might work for others, but it doesn't work for me. Is that right? So the title of today's message is, When You've Given Up on Prayer. Maybe we should pray first. What do you think? Let's just briefly pray. Father, we thank you so much that we get to be in church today, sing your praises, and just connect with friends and family. And Lord, we have the privilege of hearing your word. And I pray today that as I speak, that you would speak through me, God, that you would just shatter some mindsets around prayer today, that you would help us understand what it means just to connect with you. We've overcomplicated it for so many years. And I pray that everyone's hearts would be open today, that you would do what you need to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So to understand what prayer is, we need to first understand what it is not. Sometimes that's really helpful in getting to the core of something. Just four things that I believe it's not. The first is, it's not a formal presentation. It's not like you have to get into a minister robe. As you can see, I'm not wearing a minister robe today. Okay, this is a shirt a friend of mine bought me. There is no set fancy language. You don't have to get on your knees. And it's not like you bring this formal thing to God and then that's how you can pray. Now, I'm not saying you can't do those things. You you can get on your knees, but I'm just saying you don't have to. Are you with me? It's not a formal presentation. The second is it's not giving God your wish list. Now, I really believe in the favor of God and asking God for things, but he's not this like a genie. You know, we rub it the right way and then all the things come true you know it's not like the spiritual vending machine where we you know put our little slots put our coins in the slot we throw out our few prayers and poof there we go they all come out poof Mr. Jarvis Morris it's also not a spiritual negotiation how good are we at this we tell God what you won't do anymore if he could just do that Lord, I promise you, I'm not going to do it anymore, but honestly, you know, 
Lord, I'm done messing around with my girlfriend, but if you could just not make her get pregnant, it would be amazing. It's like the spiritual negotiation. Okay, I'm not going to get drunk anymore, Lord, if you just, just, you know, if I can just get home alive. It's not a spiritual negotiation. I'll never do this again, God. Please, could you just, just do that? And it's also not a performance to impress God and or to show a show to impress people. And it's amazing how we do this subconsciously without even thinking about it. And when you look at the Bible, you see the Pharisees doing this all the time. The self-righteous ones, the religious ones, they would actually stand on the street corners and pray long, loud prayers to try and impress people and to impress God. There's scriptures where it speaks about like how they would look down their noses at other people that they felt were less you know, superior and, 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 and judge them just because they were fancy in their prayers. It's not a performance. We can't impress God with our, you know, it's kind of like a kid coming up to a dad and, you know, when they start out and they start this speech and you're like, what do you want? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? We think we can kind of buy something, you know, and, you know, manipulate God in that way. It's not a performance to impress God. But when we look at the way Jesus lived, we start to see that prayer isn't just an action you do, but prayer is a way you live. It's not just an action or something that you do, but it's a way of life. When we look at the way that Jesus lived, we see that he prioritized prayer and being in the presence of God all the time. There are so many scriptures where you see that he left the crowd and he went off to pray. Early in the morning, he got up and he prayed. There were times where he would go off by himself. There was a time where he went alone and just up to the mountain to pray. There was a time where he moved away and just spent some time down at the lake and he prayed. And everyone was looking for him, but he would often just disappear and just go spend time with the Father. And we look at how Jesus prioritized prayer. I mean, he has some scriptures, just a few of them, and these are the only ones that we have of when Jesus prayed. There's a lot of them. You see him at his baptism praying. You see him in the morning before heading to Galilee. You, you Many scriptures about how he prayed for people, giving thanks to the Father before he fed the 5,000, giving thanks before he fed the 4,000. Um, I'm not going to go through all of those, just in case you, you're wondering, and we're not going to go through all the scripture references. It's so funny, I sent this to Braden, who's on our words today, and he was like, oh my gosh, I've got so many scriptures to type out, so many scriptures to get. I'm like, just put the whole graphic up, and kind of people will get the point. Those are just some of the times where we see that Jesus went and prayed. Prayer isn't an action you do, but prayer is a way that you live. And if you, like me sometimes, we say, you know, I, I like to pray sometimes, but like, I just don't have time. Let's just be honest. It's like exercise or other things. I just don't have time. You know, there's too much going on. There's too much to do. Now you're asking me to like, spend some time praying. I just don't have time. Can I suggest to you, sir, ma'am, you don't have time not to pray. Really, you don't. Seeking his presence and his power in our life is vital for our lives to be sustained here, this side of heaven. I don't know about you, but it's pretty tough out there. When we walk out these doors on a Sunday, it's all nice here, hey? Everyone's happy, everyone's cool, you know, everyone's like friendly, coffee's good, songs are like, uh, you know, Hilton's okay sometimes. <laughs> but it's all cool. But then when we get out there, your mind's going, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Oh, geez, tomorrow I've got this meeting. It's crazy. It's brutal out there with all the goings on. I mean, just with our country and everything, it's, it's difficult out there. Are you agreeing? It's hard. 
And then on top of that, God wants us to bring light to a dark world. And he wants me in this crazy, difficult, challenging life that we have, he wants me to bring hope to people. Like, how do you do this? How do we be effective? How do we bring joy to people around us, peace to people around us? How do we be a witness to people around us about the love of God and all this craziness is going on? There's so much division. There's so much relational stress. There's financial pressures. There's temptations. There's complicated decisions that we need to make. That's why we need God's presence in our life. We need His grace in our life that enables us to be who God's called us to be and to do what God has called us to do. You see, to be effective in this world, we have to learn how to disconnect from it. Otherwise, we cannot be effective in it because the world will overwhelm us. We've all felt overwhelmed at many times. That's why we have to disconnect from it. And this whole series has been about that, slowing down, taking the time, looking at how Jesus lived, being in the moment. We cannot allow the world to suck us into the system, but we have to look at the way that Jesus lived and take some tips from it. If we don't, we can ask questions. Why do we feel frustrated? Why do we feel overwhelmed? Why are things not working out? We have to disconnect from what doesn't last and connect to the one who does. And that's Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that will sustain us. He is the only person that will last And I'd like to just look a little bit at Jesus and just a couple thoughts on prayer. There's no set points, orders, just a couple thoughts around prayer. But I want to look at uh, a scripture in Matthew 6, verse 6. And I want to look at the Message Bible. Again, the message is not a literal translation. It's an interpretation. Eugene Peterson, uh, just incredible how he studied the scripture and he kind of made it easy for us to understand. Dave Warren, I know you've brought the Message Bible with you today so you can follow along. Matthew 6, verse 6, and it says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. There's one tip. Just find a quiet, secluded place. Sometimes having a place to pray is so important. That can be anywhere. It can be on your bed. It can be next to your bed. It can be a chair in the house. It can just be a a space that you find. Some people do. They have a prayer chair. They just go sit. It can be in your car when you zone out and if you've got a long drive to work, that's your time. Maybe some parents in here that have got young kids, maybe it can be the bathroom, right? Because that's your escape, you know? It takes, it takes a while for your kids to find you there, especially if you lock the door. Jen always used to tease me. You're like, where you been? It's been on the toilet. Yeah, but that's the third, fourth time today. I was like, oh no, it's just quiet in here. Um, I don't know. You can pray anywhere. It's not this religious duty. It's not this formal presentation. Find a place. Find a secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role play before God. Isn't that crazy how he uh, puts it down? Just be there as simple and honestly as you can manage. I love that. Just be there in the moment as simply and as honestly as you can manage with the craziness of your life. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense His grace. Isn't that a beautiful scripture on prayer? Matthew 6 verse 6. Find a secluded place. Find a moment, but be intentional about that. Get alone. Block out the noise. Eliminate the distractions. Put the phone aside for a moment. Get an, like a, an original Bible, like a real pages one. I sometimes do that because if I'm reading the Bible on my Version Bible app, then a notification pops up, you know what I mean? And then you like, just can't help yourself. You just push it, you know? Someone's messaging you or there's a, 
Instagram thing or whatever. I've turned off most of my notifications now. I think that's been super helpful. Trust me, that Instagram post that you so desperately want to check on when you spent spending time with God, it will still be there and it will still be meaningless in 20 minutes' time. That meme that someone has sent you or that conspiracy theory linked to your YouTube video will still be there, I promise. That funny video that keeps going around and now on WhatsApp, it says forwarded many times. It will still be there. Thank you, Nikki, for laughing at my joke. I appreciate that. There's only a few people that find me funny sometimes, yeah. I've got my biggest fan, Lisa Spies, in the front row. He laughs at all my jokes. Actually, she laughs at me. I figured out most of the time. But seriously, just take a moment just to be still. Why? Intimacy is never accidental. Let me say that again. Intimacy is never accidental. It's on purpose. You will never get close to a friend or your spouse if you're not spending time with that person. If you want a good marriage, it doesn't happen accidentally. It happens on purpose. Any married couples here? It happens on purpose. And it takes constant, constant investment, constant time to invest in that space. And you will reap the rewards of a good marriage. It might not be perfect, but it will be good. Jen and I are celebrating 21 years of marriage in two weeks' time. Yes, yes. Well done, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. But I really do love it more today than I ever have before. And we, we take time. We don't always get it right, but to invest in the marriage, it doesn't happen accidentally. If you want to know God and know Him intimately, it needs to be on purpose. It needs to be intentional. So find a place to pray and just stop. Shut down your life for a small moment. Now, some of you might not know this about me, but when I was young, my mom and dad bought me a magic book. Don't get all worried here, okay? Like, it was more tricks than anything. It was real magic, okay? This book, oh, I loved it. Some of you are gonna laugh at me and think I was a real nerd. Jin thinks, Jin honestly thinks I was a nerd growing up, and I'm totally okay with that. But like, I know every trick in the book. Uh, excuse the pun. Uh, but literally, shame, I used to get my parents and all their friends to like <laughs> uh, watch all my trick shows, and uh, my sister used to be my assistant. Um, and uh, I loved Magic tricks. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And actually, there's a pic, I think, of me doing a, a trick show for, <laughs> for, my, for my cousin, Andrew, who's sitting in the, uh, in the front there, uh, which is awesome. And uh, that's the cloth trick that I used to do. Do you want to see the cloth trick? Anyone? Okay. Let me see if I remember how to do it. So I've got nothing in my hands, and they're just out of nowhere. Do you see the cloth just appear? Hey? What do you think? Okay. I'm going to put up my hat, collect some coins at the end of the service. Uh, anyway, but there's actually a message to this trick. You know, when we accept Jesus into, his, into our life, there's, this is the blood of Jesus. When we accept him into our life and we hold it there, okay. Do you feel good from us? No, I'm joking. It's still here. Don't worry about it, guys. It's still there, I promise. But our sin disappears. And out of nowhere, it comes out your mouth. You think that? Tickles my throat. You didn't bank on getting a magic trick when you came to church, right? But 
One of the things that often is associated with magic and tricks, okay, this is really just a trick. I could teach you how to do it. It's not dodgy, but is like rabbits. I, ne I never pulled out rabbits of hats or, or doves, okay? You know, like I wasn't that good. Um, but a dove, something very interesting about a dove is a dove will never settle on a moving object. And one of the most significant things, if you uh, can recall in the Bible, when Jesus came out of the water, when he was baptized, what did the word of God say? The Holy Spirit came and descended on him like a dove. There was a moment there where it almost like time stood still. Jesus stood still and there was this picture of the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And as an imagery of a dove, I think there's a beautiful image of a dove behind me. And a dove will never settle on a moving object. And I just think there's something in that for us. We need to stop, take the time, find a place, and watch the Holy Spirit come upon us. Last week, end of the service, wasn't it beautiful just to take a moment, forget about the time, where we gotta go, where we gotta be, and when you say, God, come, I'm here, He comes. He really does, because you've taken the time just to stop and to be still. What do you pray about? Because maybe you're going, well, I, I, like, I don't know. It's like, you know, when you first meet someone or uh, maybe, you know, when you first meet someone, uh, maybe you're familiar with someone, you're like, I, I don't know what to talk about anymore when it's awkward. You don't have a, a good relationship or friendship with the person. But you just pray whatever you care about. Just what's on your mind? What's on your heart? What are you excited about? Maybe questions that you have about life and about God. Just, it's so easy. Just pray about everything. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It's easy. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart because he cares for you. He knows everything anyway. Talk to God just like you're talking to a close friend because he is. If you have questions, ask him. If you're mad or you're hurting or you're frustrated or angry, tell him that. It's okay, I mean, you go read the Psalms. David was constantly speaking about his frustration or singing about it. You just pour out your heart. You just talk to him. I think often we struggle to pray and, and, and kind of include God in every aspect of our life is because we, we love to compartmentalize things. And we do it all the time, don't we? We do it with our food. I know many of us haven't had an opportunity to travel for a while, but... Um, one of the things that you do when you get food on a plane is it kind of looks like this, right? It's compartmentalized. And everything's like put together. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to just mash everything up and make like this mash cake. But here's a pick here. And once when Tom and I, uh, very kindly by the Emirates lady over the counter said, you're going upstairs. We were so stoked. And look at the breakfast that I got. Oh, it was so nice with silver cutlery, amazing. But everything's compartmentalized, okay? And we, we're so used to that. And I think, because if the plane starts to go a little crazy, which terrifies me, by the way, I hate turbulence. Anyone else? Like, oh, Lord, I'm going down. Let me FaceTime my wife, say goodbye. Like, I hate. And I think the reason they compartmentalize everything is because it doesn't get all mixed up. But for us, sometimes as humans, we love to kind of, you know, this is church. This is this. This is my friends. This is my family. We compartmentalize everything when it shouldn't be like that. God doesn't want to be a part of your life. He doesn't want to say, hey, thanks for those uh, five minutes earlier. It was awesome. Same place, same time tomorrow. We all good. 
He doesn't want to just be a part of your life. He is your life. You've got to get that today. He is your life. The Word of God says He never leaves us or forsakes us. It's not this little thing. You know, we, I remember someone once saying that it's like a wheel. You know, you've got to put the axle in the middle of the wheel. Life's road may be bumpy, but at least the wheel will roll correctly. We can't put God on the outside, you know, because then you're going to have a real, real bumpy ride. Put Him in the center of your life. He is your life. Prayer isn't just an action. It's the way you live. And a verse that has been quite difficult for me, because um, maybe it like induces some like guilt, you know, around this whole idea of prayer. But let me just help give you some perspective. And I'm looking at three versions quickly. At 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, never stop praying. In NIV, it says, pray continually. In the King James, it says, pray without ceasing. And if I'm honest, like, sometimes like, I can't pray for five minutes. Maybe it's just because I'm a bit of ADD, you know? It's like, but sometimes we often feel guilty. And sometimes when people have these like long prayer meetings, like, you know, I just, I, I don't know. Like, and then, then I feel guilty. And it says, yeah, never stop. It's like, well, I can't even pray for five minutes. Now it says, never stop. How does this work? You see, it's not an action. It's a way of life because he's always with us. And one of the things that, I have been released from where it comes to this guilt of like thinking that we can only talk to God in a certain space, certain time or at a prayer meeting. It's just all aspects of my life. So just before I got up here, I said, Lord, just speak through me today. You just talk to him wherever you are, wherever you're going. When you're frustrated driving to work and someone's driving you mad in the traffic, you just say, Lord, give me patience. Last week we drove past, there's a church that meet in Hillcrest, I don't know what it is, and they were waving, saying, come on in, you know, and I'm like, don't you understand, I'm a pastor, I'm not coming to your church, and I was like, that's silly to pray that, I mean, to think that, let me pray for them, and I just spent a minute or two just praying for their church, I don't even know who they are, but so often we get frustrated at things, and we, we judge things, but just talk to Jesus anytime. When you're running late for church, and you're frustrated or want to shout at your husband or wife because they made you late, just pray, Lord, take away my frustration. Help me be more patient. We just talk to God. Prayer isn't just getting alone with God, but it's talking to God. It's, it's, it's so much more. It's talking to Him in all aspects of our life. Prayer is living in God's presence. It's breathing in His grace daily and breathing out His praise. There was a beautiful song that Matt Redman wrote about that. It's also just hearing God's whispers in and through the day. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not a one-way communication, guys. It's Him talking to you too. So when you just hear that little whisper, say, God, well, what's that about? Is that just my mind? Is it my conscience? Or actually, are you trying to say something to me? He's with you all the time. Just enjoying His presence and His power that He's with you, enabling you. Experiencing His peace. Just thank you, God, just that, I, that you give me peace. I'm not sure what to do in this situation, but just give me a peace. Just help me understand if this is the right thing or the wrong thing. That's what prayer is. You know, prayer isn't just about getting God to do what we want as well. It's about aligning our wills with His. Because sometimes it's not easy. God's saying, this is what I have for you. This is what I want for you. And it's like saying, oh God, I'm struggling with that because everything in me wants to do it this way. You know, when you feel like, you know, you're going down a road, maybe you just kind of make some decisions that aren't right. 
especially when it comes to integrity and business and things like that. You're like, oh, this is a real struggle. I could save so much money. No, but this is what I'm saying. Okay, God, but this is a real struggle with me. Just help me. Give me the grace so that I can align myself with your will. This is what I want to do, God, but I know this is what you want for me. So help me change my desires. It's also about him convicting us of things, things where we, where we have messed up. And he does it gently. He doesn't like beat us. But he's like, hey, buddy, you made a mistake there and I just, I want to help you correct that. You need to take some responsibility, apologize to the person that you hurt with what you said. And you're like, oh, it's so hard, so, so difficult to do. It's amazing how we find it's such a challenge just to say I'm sorry. Even saying sorry to God, just, it's this constant communication with him. Lord, I'm sorry I got it wrong. But not only that, God convicting us and showing us things, he comforts us. He, we, we prayed for Kevin and Kara uh, today. I mean, yeah, you know, Kev, he's he's one of our baristas in our business. He he got his, he lost his father yesterday. I mean, I don't I can't even understand what he's experiencing today. I'm grateful to know that he's going to Giba Church this morning, and there will be friends and family that will just love on him and just be there for him. But just trust for peace and comfort in and through this tragedy. Also, you know, when you don't know what to do, just say, God, guide me, show me. And it's amazing how he just shows us things as we are eyes open to what he's wanting to say to us, knowing his direction. But also he hurts over what we hurt about. If you're hurting right now, struggling with something and you're like, God, I don't understand. Just allow him just to come and hurt with you. Put his arm on you and say, I get why you're hurting. I mean, don't we do that? I mean, I chatted to Kev yesterday. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just it's, don't know what to say. Just, just if you need anything. Why do we think God's not like that when we're hurting? We always think, you know, he's trying to teach us a lesson. He just sometimes wants to hurt with us, just to be there with us. We have to change our perspective on what we think prayer is about. He also rejoices with us. When we are going through something exciting and just celebrating something recently in our life, we've got to celebrate a few things. And it's just like, and it was awesome just to sing that, the goodness of God is running after me. Don't you love that? Maybe you're not seeing the goodness right now, but I promise you it will come. And you will start to see the goodness in the small things. And he loves you. He's got such a plan for you. He, he's such a good God. And just readily recognize that in the small moments. That's what prayer is, just talking to him. It's not an action you do. It's a way you live. Are you still with us today? And I've really struggled with this whole idea of prayer. I must admit, it, also being a pastor, you know, from young, and everyone's got different gifts and different things, but like, you know, people say, let's have a prayer meeting. I'm like, let's not. It's boring. I didn't really say that, but I'm just being honest with you. Um, I, I struggled with this whole idea. Some of you are like judging me right now. But I, I've come to understand for me that it's, it's, it's a way of life. He's in every, yes, have a prayer meeting for sure. I think those are really important and, and we will do those just like fasting. I hate fasting, but they're, they're good. Okay. But I've, I've come to have such a release in this area that prayer is a way of life. It's talking, it's not this religious duty. If I said to Jin, okay, we can only talk, you know, once a week when we go on our date. We're going to set that moment, you know, and then we can talk. It, that would be crazy. We, we, we chat throughout the day. You know, we even share an office. Um, and sometimes she's like, she has to book a meeting with me because she can't even talk to me because like, you know, so much is going on. You do need to be intentional, but also it's just a way of life. And I've always felt a little bit like a prayer failure. You know what I mean? Like, 
shouldn't I like live to pray for four hours? I mean, my mom prays for four hours and that's just her warm-up prayer. <laughs> you know? Hands in the air, you know? Scotty, I've seen you in the front row. I remember that one time you got us to put our hands in the air. I can't remember where it was. Was it a prayer meeting here? Colin remembers. And uh, Scotty, as passionate as he is, everyone held hands, hands in the air, you know? After like one minute, I'm like, yeah. And Scotty, I don't know how, but like uh, my hands are dropping and Scotty's just got his arms up. I think we had our hands in the air for about 30 minutes. I'm not exaggerating. You're awesome, Scotty. You're much better than me. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you know. I remember one home group. You remember this? Um, we used to have a home group together and uh, we would spend a long time uh, praying, which was really important. And there was this one time we had been praying for quite a while and I was trying to find a gap. Scotty was so passionate. You know, he was just going for it. And I was trying to find a gap just to say amen. And it never came. <laughs> and uh, you know, you start looking at the time. I was like, oh, it's quarter to 10. I'm so tired. Okay, there's a breath. You know, carry on praying. And then eventually, <laughs> Taryn, bless her, Taryn. God bless her for this moment. But I think it was actually mid-sentence. She just said, amen, 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 amen. <laughs> No, but if I'm honest, I've always felt like, sure, like I, I can't pray like Scotty or my mom, you know? And that's when you also appreciate and recognize the different gifts. And I've found such a release. I don't have to be like that. And that's awesome. That's amazing. And there's some people that so naturally and easily, you know, do certain things with such ease and grace. Some of you are saying, I would be so terrified to stand up and do what you're doing. I mean, now, me, today. But for me, I found this easy. Like, I, I'm comfortable doing it. I don't feel nervous doing it. Because this is my, but if I had to give one of you the mic, you would start sweating instantly and have to change your underpants. <laughs> and it's all about finding, you know, what works. But what I found for me, and I really believe this is going to bring some release to some of you. Who, who's feeling a little relieved today, even hearing this message? Okay? There's a lot of you. It's a way of life. Yes, take the time. Yes, have a prayer meeting. For sure, those are all amazing. But don't just box it like that. It's so much more. It's a way of life. Pray whenever. And kind of coming into a close, Max Licata, amazing writer, he speaks about prayer and he, and, and he speaks about how we give God our thoughts, which is basically what prayer. And he speaks about four things. He says, give God your waking, your waiting, your whispering, and your waning thoughts. He says, so easy. When you wake up in the morning, those are your waking thoughts. Morning, God. This is the day you've given me just... Help me make the most of it. Direct my steps. You see my needs, God, my needs. Just work in my heart today. That's your waking thoughts. I give you my life, God. Then your waiting thoughts are like maybe things that you're not seeing. Don't worry about them. They're going to do something in a moment. But your waiting thoughts are like, oh, God, I haven't seen you come through in this moment. Like I'm uh, feeling a bit frustrated and I haven't seen your provision and I'm, I'm just feeling a little impatient. You give God your waiting thoughts. You, you leave it to him. Don't worry, like we spoke about last week. You, you, you trust him with your waiting thoughts. And then I love the whispering thoughts. There are so many whispers that God wants to just speak into our ear during the day, but we are so busy. And there's so many whispers that we should just be sharing with God. Lord, just help me with this. You know when that boss like has a go at you at work and you like just want to like tune him, but you know if you do, you're going to get fired. So you're like, Lord, just help me here with some patience. And he does. And he wants to whisper to you too. 
through the day. That's through your whispering thoughts. Lord, help me. Help me get this job. Lord, help me be a better husband. Lord, help me when my husband gets home just to be nice and kind. Help me be a friend, Lord. Your whispering thoughts. And then your waning thoughts, end of the day. You're tired, right? We get in bed and we're shattered. But then you just say, Lord, thank you for this amazing day. Thank you that I get to live and breathe and have another day. I made some mistakes today. Help me again tomorrow. Lord, I'm carrying this in my heart. And, and, and I, I know that if I don't give this over to you, I'm not going to sleep well. Many of us don't get enough rest because there's so much weighing on our mind and we're stressed out and overwhelmed. Give him your waning thoughts. Say, Lord, I'm going to close my eyes now. I'm going to go to sleep in Jesus' name. Would you just take care of that? Those are your waning thoughts. That's what prayer is. There's no set formula. Just talk to him. Find a place. Never stop praying. And be free about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Last two scriptures. 1 John 5, 14 says this. Cut in you, but under your breath, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and next week we're going to talk about that. We're going to adopt something fun from America. Everyone adopts Halloween and all those things. It's cool, but we're going to adopt something good, which is thanksgiving. And our home groups get to God. And then look, look what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we just give Him our thoughts, give Him our lives, give Him our everything, the peace of God comes. Prayer isn't just an action you do. Prayer is a way you live. We don't just believe the truth and the life that Jesus brings, but we look at the way that He lived. And as we wrap up the series, I really hope that it's encouraged you. I've been so inspired just looking at the way that Jesus lives and, and just like, God, would you help me live the same way? And if you missed any of them, I really, really encourage you to get on and, and watch them. But just talk to Jesus whenever you can. Even right now, just take a moment. Just close your eyes. Just talk to Him. Whatever it is, He wants to talk to you too. Just talk to Jesus.